Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener, your host, Ken Lane, talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona. And this garden season, this this summer magic monsoon season, this is what I remember as a kid growing up in the 70s and 80s here, how almost consistently every afternoon you had the risk, real risk, of moisture, if not I mean, just thunderstorms and hail and just lots of moisture. And so this is really exciting to be recharging our aquifers, recharging our soil, our plants. Have you noticed your landscape, which has been barely staying alive, just wanting to die at any given moment uh, for the last year because it was on your drip system. Now, all of a sudden, you get just a few key rains and things perk up. They just look good. They're happy. Your plants are happy. This is ideal. Rain is kind of like nature's mother's milk uh, to, to nature. So it is the best. Um, th- that's that's going to be ideal. It is just a tremendous time to be planting plants as well. Everything grows really fast right now. And so they're rooting out fast. They're putting on new top growth. Your that sycamore that you put out in the in the are the, the brand new uh, aspens or blaze maples you put in. They were kind of wind whipped. They just looked a little tired. Now they're actively putting new leaf growth on. You've poor folks got hit by the hail. There's been several hailstorms. One of them really bad out by the airport. Uh, south of, of Willow Creek towards Chino Valley, they, they, they just got torn up. I mean, stripped of foliage. And so those things will have to relief. The good thing is we have three months of growing season left. So there's plenty of time to get those those leaves back on. So the leaf buds that were there, so so it tore the the leaves up or shredded them or or knocked them out off, downright just knocked the leaf right off the tree or shrub. There was a leaf bud, usually right where that leaf touches the stem. There's another leaf node and that will actually have to form. So all that energy that was going up through the, the structure of that plant and feeding the foliage, well, it's not doing that. It's focused on the buds now, so things will happen really fast. They'll relief. Just encourage them to relief. So fertilize them. I've I've spread uh, um, all-purpose plant food, 744 all-purpose food, sprinkled that out through the drip line of my plants, and they are already starting to form new leaves. It's almost immediate uh, how quickly things will happen. I mean, it's noticeable. Uh, Another thing that I'm doing while I had that... um, spreader out so i use my hand spreader so there's a real great battery operated hand spreader you put the fertilizer and just slings things around it's really convenient great tool to use in addition while i'm spreading that fertilizer i'm putting weed and grass stopper down there's weeds coming up everywhere oh my gosh if you now i I generally put this on twice a year weed and grass stopper it's not a weed killer it's not a fertilizer it's a seed killer. So I'm spreading that out because I've used it consistently, but you'll find you just missed a spot. 
and so I'm reapplying right there or I put a brand new or relayed my dry wash so I have a dry wash that goes to the back of the yard classic like everyone has it, it doesn't really have water flowing through it except when it's raining and so I, I relayed that I didn't put fabric down underneath the rocks or the riprap riprap is those ankle buster size round river rocks they're like the size of a ostrich egg or or bigger um, i just went ah the water's going to come through things dirt's going to fill up i don't want to put fabric down i'm just going to dig this thing out put the rock back down and so now i'm seeing some weeds i i had put weed and grass topper down up and down that maybe it's a 100 foot 120 foot long dry wash i had put it down there but I'd missed a couple spots, and so I'm seeing some weeds starting to come up. I went and reapplied now. So weed and grass topper will actually affect small weeds. But once they get a taproot underneath them, it's totally ineffective. It keeps the seed from coming up. But once the seed is already germinated and it's got that taproot, it doesn't affect them. And so that's why it's so good to use around your other plants like roses or rosemary or over lawns it doesn't affect plants it affects seed keeps them from from rooting but this is the perfect weather for for applying fruit foods and weed and grass toppers uh, that kind of stuff if you've had a plant that looked really rough i mean it just got beat up in may and june and the drought was just wearing on it and so now we've been, we're two to three weeks into the monsoon. So it started the end of June. And so now we're starting to look really good. If your plants look bad, if they just, they just still look downtrodden, they just, they aren't leafing out, they aren't coming around. Sometimes you just got to call it and go, you know, that spruce tree that had all that brown in it, it's not going to look good. Again, it's probably worthy of an axe or a chainsaw sometimes you just got to reset take over i had to cut down an apple tree in my, my yard it just really got stressed i mean it it just it took it in the chin old one it had a substantial trunk but it finally succumbed to the drought and i just went you know what it's just yeah there's a little bit of green on it but you know what dead things in your yard attracts more dead things so things so if you've got a dead let's say pine branch on a pinion pine and that branch is sitting there don't let it especially this time of year don't let it stay on that branch take a saw and cut that branch off or take some pruners and nip that tip off because dead branches dead wood there's certain insects that fly through the forest and they're looking to compost dead things and they naturally migrate they start in the dead branch and they work their way back to the heart of the plant and they can kill the plant so just get rid of dead material. Also, uh, you've got, uh, let's say, a big branch on a sycamore or, or a willow tree. And uh, the dead stuff, they'll actually start attracting woodpeckers. So, so, so or sap suckers or another name. It's a woodpecker. And you'll hear this tapping noise. Well, they'll start tapping on the dead wood because they're attracted to that. They're going, oh, what killed this? It's got to be a bug. It seems like an easy meal. I'm going after this. Well, once they start coming, they flock in, they start making that noise, they start attracting friends. Now it's a party, there's chips and salsa involved, and now they get more friends. Now it's a block party, and now there's so many sap suckers or woodpeckers that now they start pecking on the side of your house. 
They start pecking holes in your beams on your to your entrance of your door. They start. They just aren't good. You just don't want to attract that. If you simply get rid of those dead branches, dead wood, especially now, if they haven't relieved out by now, they're not going to, and they're not worthy of staying in your yard. Cut them down. Get rid of them because they're just going to attract more problems into your landscape. So that's one. I, I had a class on, on last Saturday on dealing with bugs. And I'm, I heard word, this is a very reliable source, that the grasshoppers are out in their thick. And so they're really coming after folks, especially Chino Valley. This, I think this is Paulden. They always start in Paulden and they kind of work their way towards Chino, then Prescott Valley, and then get into Prescott. Grasshoppers are a thing here. They like the, the prairie, the the valley areas, the grasses. And so don't let them get established or you'll have waves, like biblical proportion of the ground moves coming towards your house and your garden. They want to take out your puppy dogs and you know eat down the front door. So their, their grasshoppers can be really very large and very aggressive, very bad, super easy to deal with. So we make a, 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 a bait called no-lo bait, N-O-L-O, no-lo bait, very organic very specific to grasshoppers it's not going to affect your birds your dogs just grasshoppers you put little piles of that around they'll eat it and it's a it's a bacteria it's a virus that they that you're introducing into them and they just can't digest anything and they peel they they, they fall over and die uh, if it gets really bad the ground is moving now we're moving up to there's actually bug sprays probably the strongest you can get over the counter that's still safe to work with is called sayonara sayonara is that it's a liquid you put it in a hose and sprayer and you hose down that 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 grass you know neighbor's grass lawn over there or big field and as they come through and eat stuff it'll just kill them if you hit them with sayonara the grasshoppers will die blister beetles will die aphids it's a great first line defense for this time of year when things are so active and growing so fast, including your bugs. Be right back with Lisa Waters Lane after these important messages. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Some things are just better together. July is the best time to fertilize with all-purpose plant food from Waters. But pair the all-purpose with humic acid and it's a one-two punch of garden power. Humic acid gives your soil organic matter that helps plants' roots receive water and nutrients. So it makes fertilizer work even better. Like salt and pepper. Coffee and donuts. And hey, you and me. Aw, thanks Ken. All-purpose plant food and humic acid, better together and only at Waters Garden Center. Waters Garden companion plants for July are hibiscus, maple, crepe myrtle, and purple verbena. Purple verbena is mountain famous for gorgeous summer-long flowers held over compact green foliage. This purple bloomer loves bright gardens, summer heat, and grows best in poor soils with less water. Go ahead and abuse this bloomer. You can't kill it. The perfect native perennial for easy summer long flowers. You'll only find the toughest verbena here at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the mountain gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the family garden center. Now welcome back to the mountain gardener. All right, so we are back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes each week with your garden questions. Just what are your neighbors talking about? 
And uh, so we can get some insight into that. So welcome to the studio, uh, Lisa. Thank you. Always good to be here. Really? Um, yes. yes. <laughs> it actually is hard to come up with content 52 weeks out of the year. I talk to other business owners or, or uh, hosts or podcasters or, or con content creators. Mm -hmm. And uh, they go, oh, that's a great idea. I just want to do that. I also want to write a book and I want to start my own. Uh, yeah, it sounds really good <laughs> until you have to actually do it every week, coming up with original, entertaining, mm -hmm. insightful, uh, knowledgeable Mm -hmm. type of content and so it gardening is, is actually easier than ever i mean i can't imagine doing insurance <laughs> attorneys accountants actuaries you know, actuaries yeah <laughs> anyway so this is garden questions mm -hmm. so what do we got anything interesting going on with the well, monsoon rains well sure they're always interesting right right <laughs> yeah well sometimes they're more interesting well, than we do others. since we've had that moisture we have a lot of weird weeds and vines and things yeah. growing that we probably didn't have last year because they just kind of sat dormant in the ground because there wasn't enough moisture to get yeah. them going. But this year we have stuff going. So the weeds are coming out in full force. That's for sure. But Marty has a weed growing in her yard that looks very similar to morning glory, but okay. a little bit smaller. She wants to know, can I just let it grow? It looks kind of pretty. <laughs> yeah. Or is it something I should take care of? Yeah, you should take care of that. So so it is a morning glory. We call it wild morning glory, I'm guessing. Now, there is actual morning glory. It grows mm -hmm. here. Now, we're not allowed to sell the seed because uh, if cattle eat morning glory, they stop eating, they stop gaining weight. Ranchers just outlawed morning glory, selling morning glory seed here in the state of Arizona 100 years ago. So, But you can still... Find it from a friend. <laughs> There's still ways to find it. So there's always a black. That's market. one with a great big blue flower, purple flower. Right. And so there's a cousin to that called Wild Morning Glory that is much more aggressive, and it climbs up. It's also called choke weed. Yeah. It chokes out corn, chokes out your your vegetables, chokes out your flowers, chokes out. If you stand still long enough, it'll choke you out. So you really don't want this in your yard. And it's an annual. It comes back by seed mm -hmm. every year. And so it's the rains are kind of what started. So I'm sure well, I've seen a little bit showing up here, but it'll climb up fences, mm -hmm. form a seed, and then spew it all over the yard. And so it's very insidious. So you really don't want this in your yard. So mm -hmm. kill it. Pull Is it, it out. also known as bindweed? Bindweed. Yep. That's it. Yeah. Usually it's like a little pink or white flower on it. Yeah. Comes in a couple different colors, but uh, none of it is good. Okay. Don't let it grow. Uh, decimate is a really easy uh, uh, type of weed killer. It's it's a, a liquid. Mm -hmm. Mix up in a, in a pump up spray can. Spot treat that and it'll be dead by the end of the day, basically. Mm -hmm. It's really fast. Keep up on it. You know, something uh, you mentioned that last year didn't have rain, drought. We didn't have as many weeds. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then this year we do, uh, I, I saw a study that said there's like 2,000 seed in every square foot of <laughs> soil wild. you see sitting there waiting to be disturbed or right. moistured. They're laying, laying in wait. Mm -hmm. There was an unbelievable number. Wow. Yeah. How, how is that even possible? But then you see the rains come and you see why it's possible. Mm -hmm. That's a good uh, reason to use the weed and grass stopper. That That's uh, a preventative or oh, pre-emergent. Yeah. Uh, it is hugely useful if you don't want to be out there pulling a ton of weeds all the time. Again, bindweed or, or wild morning glory, that is a an annual. It mm -hmm. only comes back by seed every year, right. never by the roots. 
So if you can put that out where that weed and grass stopper out where they seem to come up along the driveway mm -hmm. next to that fence line, you can eliminate any of the work, eliminate having to spray weed killers because you took care of it before we'll be they even came pulling, up. You bet. Good advice. All right. Our next question is from Chan Shannon and Chino. Um, she wants to put in raspberries, blackberries, marionberries, all the berries. Wants to know what kind of light do they need? Do they need to be on a trellis or can you just kind of let them free form? Yeah, good. So, um, so Shannon, Chino Valley is, they've got some very nice vineyards out there. So grapes, uh, brambles, blackberries, raspberries do amazingly well. The secret with berries, they need sunlight. Mm -hmm. And so Chino's pretty good with the sunlight. I would say at least six hours or more of sunlight will get you a nice big cluster of berries. Um, we're starting to harvest those right now. So mm -hmm. this is when you, from, from summer through autumn is when you pick most of the berries mm -hmm. and it's a great time to plant some sure. for next year's harvest. So yes, you can definitely have that. Uh, I would say one little insider tip when you're planting berries, it's one, come talk to us and we can show you how to plant them. But with berries, they're very sensitive to having soil on their canes or on mm -hmm. their their stems. Mm -hmm. Don't let any soil touch that when you're planting them or they will crown rot or stem rot uh, in the garden. So they can come back from the roots. But hey, why do that? Right. Like this beautiful plant you bought from the nursery, you want it to live and thrive and grow. Mm -hmm. uh, and then trellis or not to trellis, fence or not to fence. Brambles seem to find their own way. They just grow and have big stems. If you want to keep them in bounds, mm -hmm. so keep tie them next to a fence or tie them up to a trellis. It'll keep them from being uh, you know eight by eight by eight yeah. sprawling plant. It'll be two by eight by eight uh, sprawling plant against it the fence. Makes it line. easier to pick to the fruit as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. There's also uh, just insider tips. That's one when you come look, we can guide you through this, but there's thornless varieties. Mm -hmm. So you don't look like you've been in a cat fight <laughs> when you go to pick the berries. It's just, yeah. there are certain varieties that do better here. So of course okay. that you'll find those at Waters Garden Center, of course. <laughs> Gotta get and you can check in. them on the website. So okay. top10plants.com. Sure. You can see what's on. Okay. Good information. Uh, next is Laurel in Prescott Valley. She wants to know, is it okay at this time of year to trim up some of her shrubs? So roses, crepe myrtle, yeah. butterfly bush. Um, is it okay to trim those this time of year? Yeah, absolutely. Especially the spring bloomers. So forsythia, lilacs, flowering quince, azaleas, rhododendrons. Prune those things back now. And they'll start forming their buds through autumn, through the winter, and they'll bloom next spring. Mm -hmm. Things like butterfly bush, rose of Sharon's, crepe myrtles, the things that bloom in the summer, chase tree. There's a ton of them. Uh, mm. Desert willow. There's a ton of them. Right. Uh, those, you're better off right now deadheading the spent flowers. Focus on the flowers. Pitch mm -hmm. the flowers off, and they'll repeat bloom. Okay. And then this winter, let's say November, December, January, uh, when it's definitely they've gone dormant, that's the best time to plant or to prune those back. Okay. Right now, if you prune them back too much, you can affect their flowers. They won't bloom anymore. And we're in the peak of the bloom cycle. So right. why not enjoy the flowers yeah. instead of trying to focus on the, the, the size of the plant? Mm -hmm. What the book says is you can prune back 10% of the foliage mass whenever you want. Middle of summer is 100 degrees. Prune it back. Right. Uh, the heavy pruning on summer blooming things are done in the winter. So you can prune up to th a third of that foliage, a third of the plant, just whack it right back down uh, in winter. 
The spring bloomers, you're, you're really pruning a third of the foliage mass, really cut it back. Let's see a lilacs, it's really gone berserk, too big. You can prune it back now. It's okay. really May, June is ideal, but hey, it's July, go for it. Okay. I think we got time to sneak one more in. So David had a beautiful maple that was slammed by all the hail. Oh, no. Um, to the oh. point that it even took bark off the branches and stems. Wants to know, yeah, that's hard. boy, is it going to make it with that kind of, you know, damage to it? Yeah. And, and then just what things should he be looking out for? So what you do, so, so the hail really took out portions. And we're seeing pockets of hail all around the county, really. Mm -hmm. And we're not done. So we've got hail possible through September. Yeah. So things will relief. They will regrow. They'll actually grow more cambular, more bark area around those damaged areas. Will it live? Will it die? I don't know. I'm not uh, all omnipotent. I'm not sure. But I know I'm always stunned at how plants want to live. Mm -hmm. They want to come back. They want to grow. Just nurse them along at all, and they'll come out of it. Yeah. So the best thing now is fertilize with the all-purpose plant food right now. Like take advantage of the, we got three months of growing season left. Take advantage of every day mm -hmm. and it'll form new leaves. You'll probably have great fall color this fall. And that bark area, it'll actually start to grow over. It might take a couple seasons, but it'll grow over and heal itself. Right. I would give it a chance. Don't give up. If it does die, I know where you can buy a beautiful <laughs> new maple tree here in Prescott. So if it, but give it a chance first. Okay, out of time. Ken Lisa Lane, the Mountain Gardeners. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Ken Lane, a.k.a. The Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. Waters Garden Companion plants for July are hibiscus, maple, purple verbena, crepe myrtle, and pentas. Pentas are a butterfly magnet with super sweet nectar produced in starry flowers on 12-inch stems. She loves heat and wind with minimal care to keep the flowers coming. The large clusters of vibrant star-shaped flowers are stunning in pots and raised beds. A superb flower that outperforms others as long as it's hot. You'll only find heat-hardy pentas at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. I hate weeds. Monsoon rains are so refreshing, even my landscape comes alive. But so do my weeds. Stop weeds in their track in one simple step. Water's weed and grass stopper spreads like fertilizer. It kills weed seed before monsoon rains allow them to sprout. No need to weed. It's safe for trees, even flower beds, and so much safer than that toxic waste the big box sells. Weed and grass stopper. It's just $24 and only found at Water's Garden Center in Prescott. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. So I had the family over, when was that? Earlier this week, so, so after hours, after work. Uh, the kids came over, brought the dogs, and we just had a backyard barbecue, slightly raining. We were underneath the umbrellas. It was just delightful. A secret. What's going to happen right now? Uh, flies and mosquitoes and ants, they're going to become really bad. And so you're a little secret. Here's what I do. The night before your party, the night before you want to go out, 
spray it. Spray the spray the areas where mosquitoes kind of hang out. They're going to get bad right now. They hang out in in like the shrubs, the thick shrubs. They're like hanging out during their during the day, and then at night they come out and they suck on your blood. That's not that'll destroy a party. Flies, just one or two flies bugging the guest. It just it, they're going to go inside. Mosquitoes. I mean, Lisa, she's she's sweet as can be. They love her. She's like the canary. They go after her so no one else gets bit. Well, that's unacceptable. That's not going to happen in the lane lane casa. That's going to that's going to we're going to take care of that. So I'll go through the night before and hose in sprayer. Now, Hudson makes really good hose in spray. It automatically mixes. There's no thinking. You don't have to guess how many tablespoons to top off with water. Some of these things you have to be a rocket scientist to 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 use. There's some really good tools. Uh, and Hudson puts together a great hose in sprayer. The, the benefit of a hose is you get the water pressure, which means you get the quantity. As long as you've got a, a sprayer that can pre-mix that as the water goes through it at the right ratio, it makes kind of cleaning up your yard so easy. And uh, you get the pressure, it gets the distance to it. So you can take a hose and spray, it's a real good one, with typical like house water pressure, you can go up 30 feet up in the air or 30 feet out into the garden. So you, don't, you can do it all from the patio, which is kind of what I do. I'll go around the patio and just kind of spot treat the, the roses. Uh, there's an aphid there. Yes, it kills them. But I'm really after are the flies and the mosquitoes. I don't want them to come into the patio area. I've got fly traps sitting around the outer areas. So, they, But they're kind of stinky. You don't want those close to your close to your guests, they smell like flies, like rotting things. But I hang them out in the trees out there. So it attracts them, hopefully away from the patio. Uh, mosquitoes, they, they're just mischievous. They just find a way to get through and come at you. I think especially with a lush green garden area and humidity and rain and moisture, that's like, that's their thing. So I just go through and I sprayed it with Sayonara. It's a, it's a new bug killer. They came out, it's liquid, it's fairly odorless, um, and if you hit them, they will die. And it, it, sits, it has a residual that sticks in that euonymus uh, thick shrubbery or the, the great big thick uh, red tip photinia or cotoneaster or big, uh, the, the big parts of the garden where it's shaded and dark and cool. That's where those mosquitoes hang out. They're not in the open areas of, of pooled water because you probably don't have that. You've taken care of the obvious stuff, yet you still have mosquitoes. So I'll take that hose and sprayer with Sayonara in it, pre-mixed at one tablespoon per gallon, and I just hose down everything in the yard. And we didn't have one bug bothering us, yet we should have. Another insider tip, so we like to entertain. And so we t I tend to plant in the containers close to where the entertainment is, like scented geraniums. Uh, uh, rosemaries, lavenders, fragrant plants. We've got golden oregano, just all kinds of different herbally kind of plants that are known to repel insects. At least they're not going to hang out at the base of my containers. Hang out there. In fact, if anything, if you brush up against a scented geranium, it releases this citronella kind of smell, which kind of smells good to us, but horrible to mosquitoes. So if you plan ahead, if you know you're going to be outside enjoying, I mean, now through September, through October, it's so beautiful. 
in the yard. You just want to be outside enjoying the fresh air and the humidity and the sunsets and sunrises, and just that cooler, breezy air uh, with the light, light rain. That's just magic. And so I plan ahead back in April and May, I plant plants that repel insects in my containers. And then I like to strategically put it where kind of guests kind of brush up against it, or I'll brush up against it. If you're, if you're over at our house, I'll kind of purposely rub up against it. Or right before the party, I'll hose those scented geraniums, pintas, lavenders, uh, lantanas. I'll hose them down lightly with a, with a hose, just fresh water. Not a bug killer, just fresh water. And that moisture releases those oils in there and just the whole backyard just smells of freshness that anim that uh, insects don't like just some insider tips just just because i was hosting a party and we'll do this probably once a week we just love being in the backyard and join a barbecue or just watching the sunset read a book we just enjoy that and that's a way to keep the insects out mosquitoes are going to become bad here through on that's how you deal with them so you don't have even one bite that you didn't think about uh, this this summer. Okay, back at you in just a moment with Lisa Watersland with her segment right after this. The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Waters Garden companion plants for July are hibiscus, maple, verbena, and crepe myrtle. Crepe myrtle flowers are intense watermelon pink, solar reds, and LED whites that cover this heat-loving shrub. Plant where you enjoy its beautiful multicolored bark and sinuous branches up close. The flowers show against forest green foliage that turns red and orange in autumn. Growing to just head height, every yard has room for at least one, and only available for summer planting here at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Gardening and you don't know where to start? Waters In-Home Garden Service comes to you and identifies what you have and how to make it better. Design advice, water strategies, vegetable and flower gardens, soil and food needs, and problem solving. Always problem solving. You'll instantly be a better gardener. All for just $200 of expert time with a coupon to fill your garden dreams without ever leaving home. In-Home Garden Consultations from Waters Garden Center. We can be at your home this week. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert, Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding, with a few Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. All right, Ken and Lisa Lane back in the studio. So this segment, the the first half, the first segment of the last half of the Mountain Gardener <laughs> show is always yours. Yeah, track uh, that one. So yeah. <laughs> we got to fill a whole hour. Uh, and so do, Lisa do. takes this one and just kind of fields it and makes it, uh, mm -hmm. you know, score. Go Suns. How is oh, that series going? Not going. Don't ask. Oh, so anyway, okay. so we, we still have a chance. Arizona, <laughs> if you're into basketball, still has a chance. We'll see. Fingers crossed. So talking about gardening for those folks that sure. aren't tracking sports, what's, uh, what's the sport <laughs> of, of gardening doing? Well, uh, I want to talk about using containers, specifically ceramic containers, oh, sure. nice ceramic containers out in your yard and how you can use them on your decks, your patios, your landscape. What's the best way to use them, how to use them. And I have 10 points. We'll see if we can get through three of them. 
you got 60 seconds of points. <laughs> the whole 10 minutes is yours. Yeah, I know how that goes. Anyways, containers. So container gardening using the ceramic containers. So, uh, and, and I will say we have some beautiful, beautiful ceramic containers and they can add so much to anybody's yard. Um, and yeah, we believe we don't sell the plastic. We don't sell the wood. We sell what we know holds up really well in our climate. Yeah, and not just do. any clay. I mean, it's, right. it's high fired, high, it's truly ceramic, mm -hmm. high glazed, uh, uh, types of containers. Right. And they're beautiful. Are they cheap? No. They're, they're of not. great value. <laughs> they are. If you're going to hold on to them for like 10 years. Right. I mean, we've had some of our containers 15 than, yeah, decades going on more. Yeah. So they really do hold up well and they can take being moved around the yard and yeah. they can take the heat and the wind and the sun. So it's worth it to invest a little bit of money in those Containers. They're like pieces of art. When you get a nice container glazed pot with mm -hmm. a decorative style, they're stunning. I know yeah. even without a plant in them, just put them out there. We've got some uh, some urns and some vases and stuff that mm -hmm. you know they're 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 outdoor type of decor, but right. we don't plant in them. Right, right. So I have ten. We'll see how many we can get through. So first, you can use containers to help soften those decks and patios and help bring the yard and the deck and the patio together. Sometimes we have a very much a delineation between the hardscape, the deck or yeah. the patio, and then the rest of the yard. So you can use nice containers with beautiful flowers and shrubs in them to help kind of blend the two together, yeah. help soften those hardscapes. In nature, sharp angles, 90 degrees parallels are not natural. Right. And so you put a pot in that corner of the deck, it just softens it right up and it feels more natural, just like that. It doesn't, mm -hmm. doesn't take much. And you can also use them as a screen. So if you have a really nice deck, but part of your deck, maybe look, your neighbor has a window yeah. right onto it. You can put some nice big pots there and that will kind of help screen those neighbors from being able to look at you or you look at them. Privacy makes for good neighbors. It does. <laughs> I think that was Benjamin Franklin or someone. Sounds like him. <laughs> you can also use uh, containers to help with steps. So say you have stairways up to your house or out the back or off the side. Using containers on that stairway can help soften it. Um, it also helps make you aware that there are steps. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> because... A lot of times you, especially as we get older, I've noticed it's really easy, especially if you're distracted by other things, you just miss the steps. So using containers on that can really help you say, oh, wait, there may be steps there. Uh, if you're doing that, you want to keep the pots, I think it looks better to keep them the same color. Um, doesn't have to be the same size, same everything, but keep them the same color. So you got some continuity um, and then maybe keep your flowers in the same color scheme. Not that every pot has to be an identical twin of the other, but you want that flow to go through. Nothing but roses and an aqua colored pot all the way down the steps. There you go. And there's 10 steps. I know where you get 10 <laughs> aqua colored pots. Oh my God. Maybe every other step, every third step. Or there something. you go. I have to do every step. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You can use uh, containers to exert. <laughs> you can use containers to help accessorize those outdoor rooms. So it's become very popular to have the outdoor rooms where you have yeah. your barbecue and your seating and fans and TVs and all kinds Built of stuff kitchens. outside. Right. Yeah. So you can use those, the coloring to help accessorize the room. So if you have a Victorian or a Southwest or mountain town, I mean, you can, you can bring in the colors and the shapes of the pots you want to accessorize that. Um, 
and you can also, what I kind of like about it is you can change them out seasonally. Yeah, so maybe good. you're enjoying fall. So you bring some pumpkins and pansies in and it's winter. So you put some holly and things out there. So you can change it out seasonally as well. It makes it much more inviting in those outdoor rooms. Uh, you can use them to place along a path or to use as a boundary. And I, I thought of our house. So we have a raised patio, but we don't have a railing on it. Yeah. And we do have dogs and grandchildren <laughs> and people that visit. It's a negative edge to like right. six foot drop. So we've put containers along that edge just to kind of say, hey, whoa, there, there's, there's a big drop off. <laughs> Don't go any further. But if you want to uh, soften party or keep part of your yard from people going into, or maybe your garden area is there, so you're trying to keep pets and that kind of thing out of, you can also use them as a boundary. When you're doing that, the thing to think of is, is to keep them taller. So you probably want pots that are at least two feet tall, because if they're only a foot tall, yeah, that's not much of a boundary. And they can blow off, they can blow <laughs> over. Just if you need right. bigger plants, you want bigger roots, so bigger spot right. to keep them from blowing over. Yeah, and it's not a tripping hazard because yeah. usually you see them. Uh, you know, you also want to keep if you have a pathway through your backyard, you can use them for that too. So I'm definitely sensing we need a new color for 2022. Safety yellow. <laughs> Maybe an oxblood red would do just as well. I'm telling you, as I get older, those brighter colors, I'm like, boy, yeah, I need those. White is trending big. That's a great I one for a night white. for a night garden. So yeah. Those are perfect. I would have never thought I would like white pots, but especially inside our house, we have brought more and more white pots in. Very, very pretty. Curb appeal. So the front of your house, um, just to kind of help bring continuity. I love it where people paint their front doors. I'm a big, I love red front doors. Never had one, but I like the concept. But how pretty would that be to have some red pots out there right by that that front door? Mm -hmm. And yeah. it helps say, wow, you know, it's very welcoming. It's very much uh, wants people to come in. Maybe some people don't want that. <laughs> it says someone lives here with style. Right. Come on in and look, our, our home is so alive. Mm -hmm. The containers are just bursting with life. Uh, feel free to ring the doorbell. Yeah. And bring it's me, also place the Amazon package right there. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> so when you're doing pots like that on a, on a front entryway, you do want to keep them in kind of odd numbers. So threes and maybe you're, you're varying the height. Yeah. Um, it's very good to have one that is more at site level and then a couple of others just to kind of break up the monotony. You don't want just plain boring. You want wow and exciting. I don't know. You got an Adobe type of house, maybe the mochas, the chocolates, the earth tones, the, the, the mm -hmm. jade greens yeah. blend right in with that. So boring, a variation of boring can be. Well, I'm saying just vary the textures. heights and that gotcha. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, also, when you're planting near your front door, kind of things to keep in mind, don't put cactus in oh, there. Yeah. Don't put Agave. maybe pyrocanthus. <laughs> keep it soft. And also maybe consider doing those evergreen plants that aren't going to be shedding a lot of leaves. Um, much easier to maintain and keep looking neat and tidy. You can always put some splashes of color in by uh, using your annual colors and petunias, geraniums, that kind of thing. But let, let your main thing in that pot just kind of be evergreen. So the number one seller for all containers, without doubt, we sell hundreds, if not more, every year is Alberta spruce. Mm. It's a cute little, just slow growing, perfectly formed Christmas mm -hmm. tree looking evergreen right. conifer. It's got mm -hmm. a needle to it. It just is so tidy. And it, it, 
it likes small spaces. It doesn't mm-hmm. over, doesn't grow very fast or easy to maintain. That's a great yeah. choice. Another one would be like the Gulfstream Mandinas sure. that stay kind of that three by three. Yeah. Don't really shed a lot, but they get a lot of color in the leaves as sorry. well. Do so, we get all 10 of them in? No. Because you're out of time. So sorry. Oh. You just got to, you have to come talk to Lisa about the other, what is that? Two, three? <laughs> we'll come back next week. Part so, two. <laughs> part two. So Ken and Lisa Lane, the mountain gardeners and how to use containers, decorative ceramics in your landscapes. We'll be right back after this. Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Waters Garden Companion plants for July are maple, verbena, crepe myrtle, and rose of Sharon hibiscus. Rose of Sharon is a mountain hardy hibiscus with anemone-like blooms. Each stem of this hardy hibiscus is packed with buds. She makes a beautiful informal hedge or screen and is easily trained into small trees. Available Prescott colors show in blue, purple, white, red, and pink for years of enjoyment. You'll find breathtaking hibiscus here at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Some things are just better together. July is the best time to fertilize with all-purpose plant food from Waters. But pair the all-purpose with humic acid and it's a one-two punch of garden power. Humic acid gives your soil organic matter that helps plants' roots receive water and nutrients. So it makes fertilizer work even better. Like salt and pepper. Coffee and donuts. And hey, you and me. Aw, thanks Ken. All-purpose plant food and humic acid, better together and only at Waters Garden Center. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. So this weekend's garden class, so every Saturday, we host a free garden class. They're about an hour long, and they're very engaging, very entertaining. We're we're, we're hoping that we can keep you from making mistakes. You can't, you learn gardening by making mistakes, but at least keep you from going backwards. If you're making a mistake, at least you're going in the right direction, okay? You can always kind of veer back over, come back. You're always correcting. That's gardening. And this weekend, this Saturday at 9.30, it's, it's on privacy screens there's lots of building lots of houses going up and neighbors are great good neighbors are really great bad neighbors i think that's a a jewish curse or i saw that from a prophet or something Uh, the ultimate curse you can give someone is may you have bad neighbors done (laughs) that's horrible you just want good neighbors and if not you want to screen them out even screens actually make for better neighbors you just enjoy each other better you enjoy that backyard space without stepping on each other's toes or each other's rose bushes or dogs looking at each other so there's there's a secret to planting in the higher elevations it's you can't just have everything not only do we have hard soil, heavy wind, dry spells, we also have very heavy snows, especially fall and spring, that can actually tear up some plants. So, so in the Midwest, it says it will grow here. We're the same zone. That's true, 
but they're used to getting cold and staying cold. They don't thaw and then freeze, thaw then then freeze. It's this this daytime temperature thing that we go between uh, day and night, which is so extreme in very late winter, early spring, and and late autumn, early early winter, that messes with some plants. And so arbovita that do so well in the Midwest here, that heavy snow comes, it lands on it, and it almost breaks apart or separates that evergreen. You're better off going with a central leader to evergreen like a Spartan juniper, Wichita blue juniper, Arizona cypress. There's so many. Uh, Colorado spruce, Arizona. I mean, there's so many choices, but that, that really heavy central leader branch, the branches swoop out from there, Deodore cedars. That's a much better choice than a more shrubby kind of thing. And so there's some better choices for here than not. Uh, some of the wind can, can leaf tear some of, the, some of the varieties. And so there's better plants than others for privacy screens. If you want a living wall, you can have that. And you start with the shrubs. So red tip photinia, number one seller aggressively grows up to 12 feet tall, 12 feet wide, and you're just going to hedge it down to keep it keep it under control. It's really not made for small yards. You kind of want some open space. It gets pretty aggressive. You put it next to the driveway and go down the driveway. You're going to be fighting that thing to keep it off your driveway so you can keep driving up and down the driveway. And so place it further back. There's some better choices if it's too big or too aggressive. There you go to Cotoneaster, or the way you spell that is cotton easters. How one, they don't know how to pronounce it, but the, the actual Latin is Cotoneaster. Um, that's a great choice. It's a native. There's several varieties of Cotoneaster that grow wild here. It's evergreen, has a white flower in the spring, gets up a, there's different models, but it can be hip high, chest high, or even very large, overhead, well overhead high. Uh, the, the red clusterberry Cotoneaster, very good choice. Animals don't eat it. Um, red tip photinia deer can tend to nibble on it. Not a cotoneaster. They don't like the taste. So yet it still grows quite dense, very thick. Uh, it's a good choice for here. Um, if if you're wondering what how many you might need, that's when come talk to us because we want to help you get that spacing just right. But what I do is I'll I'll look at the suggested width. It grows 10 feet tall. What I'll do is I'll back that off and divide it by two, and that's my spacing. So every five feet, I'll put a cotoneaster, and that way I'll get this very heavy crossover, overlapping green pattern up to well above head height. And so I've got thick green right up to you know seven, eight feet tall. That's kind of your spacing. Divide the width in half. That's your spacing down the yard. Maybe you cheat a little bit out there. If it says 10 feet, maybe you got six feet. But that's about a general rule for you. Uh, so that, that's a good choice. Uh, Spartan junipers are what Lisa and I use just because we like that green. has a real, just has a pretty green color to it. We've got a lot of natural blues, you know, um, Apache plume, lots of the oaks. They, they're natural Arizona blues, and sometimes you just want more green. It's a good contrasting pattern, so it's a design element. Yet, Spartan junipers grows up to about 10 feet tall, five, six, even seven feet wide. And so we just zigzagged them through the front of the yard, and now it feels like this private courtyard that's, that's created just for us. And, and it is. It's great. Another choice, if you've got enough green, you want blue, Wichita blue juniper. 
is just like the Spartans. It gets 10 foot tall by five, six foot wide. Uh, get perfect screening plant up and down patios, down the, the property line. But it's this intense, just, just rich silvery blue. It's very pretty. There's Italian cypress. That's one the Californians like. Um, they remind me a little bit too much of cemetery tree kind of stuff, but grows to 50 foot tall and a pencil like just like three, four, five feet wide, straight up to the moon. Perfect column. There's a place for that. And so there, that grows really, really well here. Great privacy screen. Uh, I would say the prettiest one, the one, the most popular, um, is Colorado spruce. Colorado spruce gets up to 50 feet tall by 20 feet wide. Big swooping branches. They grow wild at the higher elevations. But if you put them on drip system, They'll grow in Chino Valley, Prescott Valley, even the Verde Valley. They'll adapt really, really well to the mountains of Arizona. It's a very deep-rooted type of plant, but we're talking thick, 20 feet thick. I mean, it's you can't see through this thing. It's a little bit slower growing, so there, if you're going to try to screen using a Colorado spruce, just buy a bigger model. Get, get, a, get a more mature one because it might take a while for to get from three foot to six, seven, eight, nine, ten feet. We'll just start out with a six, seven, eight footer. So you're just that far more advanced. The fastest growing is Deodor Cedar. It grows, oh, it's a big boy, probably 50, 60 feet tall, 25 feet wide. And we're doing it. We're doing it right now. The problem with something that grows that fast and it's that big is it can quickly overpower. It can take up an entire front yard, one tree, the entire yard. So it's really for the bigger type of properties. I would never plant one. I'm on a half an acre, and I would never plant a Deodor cedar. I just don't want one plant to take up that much real estate. I'd rather plant several uh, uh, Spartan junipers, which is what we did, zigzagging through so they stay keeping their bounds, less maintenance, less work. Uh, they're hardy as can be. So it's just, you look at your spot. If you need privacy, this is one, take take a snapshot. Take a phone, an iPad, a, a Chromebook or something. Take a snapshot and bring it to the nursery. We can help you design that. And what we're looking at that picture is, what are the companion plants that are already growing there? If we see lilac are growing there, we go, oh, well, lilacs, well, forsythia and uh, euonymus and cotoneasters and there's silver silverberry there's a whole list oh all these will grow well too so we're trying to we just it helps us know the soil the sun the wind if that's growing so will this what we can't tell when you bring in a digital device or even a picture uh, i love old school pictures that, that's remember when we used to actually hit print and it would come out on paper remember that so that's really great. So you can you can draw on that and just, just some things you can do with analog instead of just digital devices. But anyway, we can't tell length. Like you just can't really see how long is that property. Is it 50 feet or 150 feet? But if you could pace that off with a quick picture, we can quickly design things for you. And and I like the idea of gardens instead of living green walls, all the same thing. We're going to do Arizona Cypress, 150 feet down. It's going to be a monoculture. It's going to be solid blue all the way down the property. That's good. But if you have a disease go through them, it takes out the entire length of that. I like gardens, so it feels more like a secret garden. So different mixtures. I put some aspens in there. Put some maples. Have some evergreen. Have a spruce and a juniper. Mix it up so it feels 
natural. Not like a living wall, like a planted wall, but a garden that it's naturally sprung up around your garden. The second you built your house, it went, let's just grow here and screen those neighbors over there. It's a great way to do it. All right, we've got more for you after this. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott at 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. Waters Garden companion plants for July are hibiscus, maple, verbena, and crepe myrtle. Crepe myrtle flowers are intense watermelon pink, solar reds, and LED whites that cover this heat-loving shrub. Plant where you enjoy its beautiful multicolored bark and sinuous branches up close. The flowers show against forest green foliage that turns red and orange in autumn. Growing to just head height, every yard has room for at least one, and only available for summer planting here at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. If life is a bowl of cherries, why not make them the biggest, sweetest cherries ever? Waters Garden Center is super excited to introduce our new organic fruit and vegetable plant food. This fertilizer has the bonus of added calcium that gives fruit trees and veggies an extra boost to produce healthy, abundant crops. Feed your plants now to help them thrive and grow more fruits than ever in just $27 for a 20-pound bag. Save natural, organic, fruit and vegetable plant food only at Waters Garden Center. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lang. So there are two types of plants that are ideally started during the monsoon planting season. One was the living screen. So so if you need privacy, there is no better time than right now now through september is the sweet spot because you're going to plant those they root out they start rooting i mean we're talking right now like by the end of the week they're starting to send out new root hairs which means they're going to establish go through winter better and mainly they're going to flush far more new growth for you next spring so yeah they're going to need time to to establish get, get get going but if you want to have new growth, I mean, a lot of new growth, I and mean, we're talking three-foot new growth on Deodor Cedars, you know, 18 more inches on Colorado Spruce, more, just more growth next spring, so you can enjoy next season, like, in privacy, plant them now. So privacy screens are done, are best done now. That'd go for your vines, too. If you've got a wall already there, or a chain-link fence, or barbed wire, a six-foot block, Vines are a great way to go because they grow up, then they spill up and over an an additional four or five feet, yet they don't take up too much real estate width-wide horizontally. They just go up. So it's a great way. Put a trellis there and just let them grow. Some varieties will actually attach themselves to the fence, to that chain link, to the block. So you don't have to do anything. It's a great time. Honeysuckle, this is the time to plant those. They just grow so much this year and next year. So this is a good time. The other one would be anything edible. So we're starting to produce uh, blackberries right now. They're, they're, they're coming off. Raspberries are coming off the brambles. Grapes are forming huge clusters. If you missed the boat and you didn't plant them last year at this time, 
Now's the next best time because you really want to establish the root structure underneath these edibles. That's a new fruit tree, vine, pomegranate, figs, whatever it is. You really want to get the roots underneath that. And if you get enough root structure, now it can support all this fruit growth that's going to happen. If you plant it now, yeah, you might get a few things now. But really, you're planting now getting it rooted, getting it established for next spring's harvest, for next, or growth, and next summer's harvest. So blackberries, boysenberries, blueberries, uh, grapes, pomegranate, pomegranate, figs, I mean, apples, pears, cherries, plums, I mean, all those. They're, they're doing really well right now, and this is a great time. For you folks in the Midwest, they always tell you fall is the best time to plant. Yeah, it's good, but you, gotta, you have to remember to water here there they freeze and permafrost kind of locks them to place and it's it's just they're there you have to worry about them as much here you can plant in the fall and it does work really well but you need to water through the winter if you're going to do that so at least a couple times a month where this that's normally that's not what you do in other parts of the country here you can plant in the fall but you got to water them so you're you're going to pamper them and then they just take off with new growth. Right now, if you plant now instead of in the fall, they root out, they get more established, they've got more robust, they're just more, more fudge factor. Really makes it, it's, it's a game changer. So that, that's just some words, some experience. My name's Ken. We're just friends. We're talking over that back fence. And this has really played out well for me in the past as a gardener. And it just does, it works, let me tell you. So if you're new to the area and you think, oh, it's too late, it's summer, I can't plant. We never plant in Palm Springs like this. Well, Toto, you're not in Palm Springs or Phoenix or anywhere else. Who would live there in the summer? You're up here where, where it's God country. It's, it's just beautiful up here. The afternoon rains, things are going to grow well for you. So the planting season, summer planting season is upon us. Ken and Lisa Lane and the Mountain Gardeners. We camp out here at Waters Garden Center throughout the week, and we love talking to fans of the show. Look, if your mom, wife, or mother-to-be enjoys dead cut flowers and the peace that comes when dining with all those kids, then by all means, take her to your favorite buffet rather than some piece of plastic. But if she really loves her garden, a gift card from Waters makes perfect sense. In reality, you're giving her 90 minutes of peace and quiet while she shops for her own flowers. Waters Garden Center. 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, the place where people who love their gardening moms love to shop. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in.